Warning, this episode contains subjects that may be unsuitable for children and anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. I am Angelina. And I'm Desiree. And what are we going to be talking about today? So today I decided that we need to talk about the spooky side of fairy tales because fairy tale origins are wicked dark. Uh, A lot of people know about this, but some people don't because, you know, you look at Disney and you see like royalty and happily ever afters and princesses and talking snowmen. It's just like so super happy, but all of the stories essentially came from a darker past and a lot of them stemmed from like early european culture which we know from back then like they were wicked into like torture and shit oh yeah they didn't even care um a lot of them also stemmed from like greece and other countries on the other side of the world they were stories passed down orally centuries ago they were eventually recorded on paper so obviously the stories changed but back then, it was like a Catholic idea that children were actually like semi-evil. And it wasn't until like the early 19th and 20th centuries that people actually saw childhood as like a tender time. I hate that word. It's like a tender time. Um, Tenderoni. They just, did, ew, they just didn't even care <laughs> back then. Like there were no child labor laws. Minute them little kids could start walking, they were working like... Can they you imagine, care. like, yeah. kids in pampers, like, like sewing things? <laughs> like, that's what they did. Or in, like, the iron workshop. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what they did. Like, they didn't care. So they had kids working, and these stories were told, like, from adult to adult and, like, adult to children. Like, there was really no filter back then, like, how we try to shelter children nowadays as best as we can while they're young. Like, they didn't care back no. then. No. Um, they also believed that like a lot of these fairy tales contained dark elements because they were based on true events, which is also not shocking. The Brothers Grimm experienced a sizable backlash when they first published the Grimm fairy tales in 1812 because that was kind of the turn of like kids being the ones in sweatshops to actually treating them as if they are children and not adults. But their stories became super popular and there's a lot of disney characters that we have nowadays and other fairy tale characters that they originated with more of like a darker tone to it than like the happy one that we have so i'm gonna start off with the story of cinderella which is actually at least two thousand years old uh the cinderella that we know nowadays is the blonde girl with the bun who has the sparkly beautiful blue gown and the like long white gloves and the glass slipper but the story actually originated in greece in the sixth century bce what does bce mean like before christ even even (laughs) um i don't even think it's before christ i think it's something else but anyway in the ancient story, a Greek courtesan, courtesan, I don't even know, named Rodophis or Rodophis, has one Redufus. of her Redufus, has one of her shoes stolen by an eagle who flies it all the way from Greece to Egypt 
and drops it in a king's lap. And he took this shoe as a sign from the heavens that he has to go on a quest to find the woman who owns the shoe. He finds her, marries her, lifts her from like her lowly status and makes her super royal and what have you. But the Grimm brothers took a darker side to this tale. Theirs was called <laughs> Ash Ashen Puddle Poodle. That's uh, in Cinderella from English to German. Um, Wait, in- say a Germanly like Ashen Poodle. Ashen Poodle. <laughs> you did it way better than I did. Oh man, I never claimed to be good at <laughs> accents. The Yormans. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, theirs was called that, but it translates to Cinderella. And in this story, Cinderella has a dad, because in the original story, the dad passed away. But in this story, she has her father, who's just like willfully ignorant that she's getting mistreated by her stepmother and her stepsisters. And she is just kind of like the maid of the house as she is in like the regular tale. She is dusty and dirty, and they make her clean like peas and lima beans out of ash and like what they'll get pissed off at her and throw them back in the ash and then she has to like go in and clean them off again that's fucked up i mean i don't know what that did for them but that's what they made her do Beans. so the father one day was leaving to go into town and he asked the girls what would you like me to bring back for you guys and the stepsisters said like gold and jewelry and dresses and cinderella said i want the first branch that you hit your head off of And he was like, okay, that's fine. So when he was traveling back home, he hit his head on a branch. He broke the branch off and he brought it home to Cinderella, who takes it to her mother's grave and plants it and then cries over it every day. So then eventually, like, the branch becomes like a giant tree that grows out of her mother's grave. And this description of the stepsisters was my favorite They describe her stepsisters as beautiful and fair of face, but vile and black of the heart. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. Um, So Cinderella wants to go to this like festival that's happening in the kingdom. But the stepmother and the stepsisters are like, you are super dusty. Like you are not coming with us. That is going to be so embarrassing. So she's crying, like, I want to go, whatever, and they won't let her go. So she goes to her mother's grave, and she cries, and there's, like, doves that sit on this branch-turned-giant tree, and they grant her wish for a beautiful gown, and these time, this time she has gold slippers and not glass slippers. So she takes it upon herself to go to, like, a three-day festival with this king. Um... The, she like falls in love with the son or whatever but she doesn't she can't be with him so she eventually runs away but she leaves her gold slipper behind and this is when the prince is like i need to find this woman so i am going to go to the ends of the kingdom to find whoever is the owner of this shoe so he goes straight to cinderella's father's house and the quote from the story is the next morning he went with it to the father and said to him no one shall be my wife but those who wore the golden slipper fits. There were two sisters glad, for they had pretty feet. The eldest went with the shoe in her room and wanted to try it on, and her mother stood by, but she could not get her big toe into it. The toe was the the shoe was too small for her. Then her mother gave her a knife and said, Cut the toe off. When you're clean, you will have no more need to go on foot. 
The maiden cut the toe off, forced the foot into the shoe, swallowed the pain, and went out with the king's son. He then took her on his horse as his bride and rode away with her. They were obliged, however, to pass the grave, and there on the hazel tree sat two pigeons and cried, Turn and peep, turn and peep, there's blood within the shoe. The shoe is too small for her. The true bride waits for you. So in this story, <laughs> she literally, like, slaughters her own foot to try to get a dude, which, ew. Like, I and mean, I also, guess. she gets shit on by two <laughs> pigeons. Like, I thought they were like, literally. I guess they're pigeons. I lied. So, um, yeah, so she gets shit on by a couple pigeons. So he's like, <laughs> <laughs> not literally. They probably did that, too, but whatever. I mean, since you're there. Yeah, so... They snitch on her, and he brings her back, and he's like, look, I tried it on Bigfoot number one and Bigfoot number two. Like, I need to try it on the dusty girl in the corner. And the father's like, all right, you can try if you want to, but it's not going to... She wasn't there, so it's not going to fit her. And he's like, nah, I'm going to try it anyway. So, of course, as the story goes, he goes, he tries it on Cinderella. That's his bride, and he whisks her away, and gross because she had to try on a gold shoe with blood in it but of course it fit her I mean, the shoe was lubed up with blood <laughs> gross of course it's gonna just glide Ew, right in for real i don't Nasty. like anybody enough to you know be blood sisters with anybody like that gross that's how you get stuff you don't want <laughs> you don't want you, you don't want that so in the end cinderella actually marries the prince and her set her stepsisters serve as bridesmaids and there are doves at the wedding ceremony that pick their eyes out. And it says, <laughs> quote, And they had cried that the two came flying down and placed themselves on Cinderella's shoulders. One on the right and the other on the left remained sitting there. When the wedding with the king's son had to be celebrated, the two false sisters came and wanted to get in favors with Cinderella and share her good fortune. When the betrothed couple went to church, the elder was on the right side and the younger on the left. And the pigeons pecked out one eye from each of them afterwards they came back the elder was at the left and the younger at the right and then the pigeons pecked out the other eye from each and thus from their wickedness and falsehood they were punished with blindness all their days you know what i'm noticing is sometimes they say they're doves and sometimes they say they're pigeons i wonder if they don't know the difference back then they probably didn't i don't even fucking this know. whole time they're probably fucking flying rats <laughs> and, and not beautiful doves pigeons or pubs what about crows? I'd like it if they were Ooh, crows. They should have did the crows. Because crows, they pick. Yeah. And that is the original story of Cinderella. I like that way better than the like the one that we pumpkin have now, carriage the pumpkin and carriage. Oh and... my glass slipper! Like, yeah. bitch. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. There wasn't any Lucifer in this one, so maybe, oh, maybe. i do love lucifer we do love lucy and i like gus 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 I and know. how they make the dressies they just need to mash the two together and be a perfect cinderella story maybe gus gus can pluck up pluck. the eyeballs <laughs> yeah exactly anywho i guess that means it's my turn it is your turn so i have one of another disney favorite classic this is the story the original story of the little mermaid mm-hmm under the sea. Under the sea. <laughs> so The Little Mermaid was created by Danish writer Hans Christian Andersen in 1837, about 150 years before Ariel was singing Under the Sea with Sebastian and Flounder. Love that song. I know. Oh, my God. It's literally like, it's my shower song. 
Like I can't, I can't get hyped. Like I am not taking a shower if I am not under the sea. Like it's not happening. So that's your bath song. That's no. It's my all the time when I'm submerged in water. Under the I sea. I am under the sea. It's better down where it's wetter. Take it from <laughs> me. Funny you say that. <laughs> because uh, Anderson's Little Mermaid endured a far grislier life than the bright-eyed Ariel we all know and love. And her desire to be human is far more dramatic than Disney lets on. Mm-hmm. Exciting. <laughs> so, like I said, they say everything's better where it's wetter. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> but in 1837, our little mermaid certainly didn't think so. Anderson's mermaids were t- written as soulless creatures destined to dissolve into sea foam when they died. Whereas humans were promised a beautiful afterlife. That's beautiful. Imagine imagine just living your life just to be turned into sea foam. Literally be turned into like the shit people hate. (laughs) People in the ocean like brushing it away. (laughs) That's hey, that's me. Like (laughs) just love me. (laughs) Disgusting. Ew. Okay. So terrified of her abysmal fate, the Little Mermaid wanted nothing more than a human soul. But as her grandmother explained to her, the only way a mermaid can grow a soul is to wed a man that loves her more than anything. And the man should not marry... And should the man not marry her, she'll die. (laughs) (laughs) So either way, that's kind of a 50-50 chance of dying and then dying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I guess that's like a 90-10. <laughs> I don't know, math. <sighs> so you would think of this as an impossible task for a girl with the fishtail, right? Well, when the Little Mermaid spots a handsome dark-haired prince on shore, her desire to be human only worsens, and as desperate times call for desperate measures, the mermaid visits the sea witch to strike a deal. But first, she must travel through thousands of polypi <laughs> pol- polypi polypus Pol- polypus <laughs> we figured that out that it was like the anemones from Nemo. N- the, yeah they're a bunch so they're a bunch of sea anemones <laughs> you know from the nemo and whatever see the things that have fucking like you can't see but we're doing the wacky waving arm flailing inflatable tube man thing right now (laughs) and we're passing the savings on to you (laughs) two percent financing (laughs) so yeah polypi which is a scene in enemies um but these aren't like the cute ones that nemo lives in and it's all squishy and homey no these motherfuckers (laughs) take their little weird wacky inflatable waving arms and try to snatch you down into the depths of hell into the anemone portal <laughs> to consume you and kill you slowly and anemone like oh, i wish you guys could see how like into this her face is right now oh god help me more like a sea enemy. <laughs> oh my god, you fucking loser. I hate myself. <laughs> I hate it. Okay, so, yeah, so she had to travel through thousands of the sea anemones who cling to anything, including skeletons and a mermaid they had caught and strangled. Nice. So they're some evil sons of bitches. Facts. They're not like, ah, you know? Yeah. Like Pixar leads on. Facts. Leads on? Led on? You know what I mean? Leads. 
sweets. Yeah. So, without even asking her wish, the sea witch offers the little mermaid a draught. Which we figured out was sea uh, beer. Sea beer. <laughs> Seer. <laughs> so it's like a concoction. It's like a beverage, I guess, um, that once she drinks it will give her legs, but at a high cost. So the sea witch says, I will prepare a drought for you. Drought, drought, whatever the fuck. With which you must swim to land tomorrow before sunrise and sit down on the shore and drink it. Your tail will then disappear and shrink up into what mankind calls legs. And you will feel great pain as if a sword were passing through you. At every step you take, it will feel as if you were treading upon sharp knives. And that blood must flow. If you bear all of this, I will help you. So, I like, she has to, to go up. through all of that. Ugh. Just for the sea, which would be like, all right, you're serious about this. Oh, my God. I'll help you. Right? Like, how, how dark and handsome was this dude? <laughs> so, so, as if the pain of a sword passing through her wasn't enough, the witch cuts off the little mermaid's tongue for payment. Isn't so, Disney kind of pulled that enough? in, yeah. took her voice, but this bitch chopped off her fucking tongue. Nice. I wonder if she, like, soldered it so it didn't bleed no more. Or if the sea, she, the salt. salt in the ocean just, like... <laughs> yeah. Either way, again, this guy Ow. better be fucking worth it. Right. What follows is nothing but heartbreak. Dun, dun, dun. Shocker. The prince does love the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. but not more than anything. Ooh. And he ends up marrying another woman. Typical. Right. So the only way the Little Mermaid can save herself from her imminent death is to stab the prince to death. But she refuses and ends up ending her own life on earth and ocean. Dun, so dun. after all of that, she still dies. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? Was it? Probably not. I mean, she tried because she wanted legs and to not be foam. But I'd rather just live my life out, grow old, Little Mermaid, and be foam. Yeah, but I mean, if that scares you, she really tried everything that she could, you know? And still died. And still died. And still became foam. And still became foam. Sucks. Maybe she didn't because she killed herself. Maybe <gasps> she just, like, became, I don't know. Like a foam ghost hybrid? A faust? A faust, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story, of the original grim story of The Little Mermaid. Um, pretty similar to Disney. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Dead. Well, that was a good story. Thank you. You're welcome. I am going to hit you guys with a story. I was in between this one and Rapunzel because Rapunzel has a story by the Grimm brothers as well. But it actually, like, it was a little bit scarier than the Rapunzel we know today. But it was essentially the same exact story. Um, So I instead went with Sleeping Beauty. And whoever is listening to this... If you are bothered by the topic of sexual assault, please fast forward like 10, 15 minutes because it's going down. That's essentially what this story is based Mm -hmm, off of. mm -hmm. So the story of Sleeping Beauty that we know today is the story of Aurora, Princess Aurora, who is Sleeping Beauty, who meets Prince Philip in the woods where they sing a song and like instantly fall in love. 
It is about a princess who is cursed to sleep until her true love awakens her with a kiss. And this was told by the Grimm brothers as well, but a darker tale was actually told by, and I'm going to butcher this, an author named Gian Battista Basile. I actually think I did a really fucking good job that say, time. That actually sounds Oh my lovely. god. That I has a ring it. to it. Oh my god. That <laughs> pleases my eardrums. I did it. He published a book called The Tale of Tales in 1634, which included like Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Rapunzel, all that stuff. I think this was actually the first time that Sleeping Beauty was ever heard from. In Basile's version, a king finds an abandoned palace and he sneaks through the window using a ladder. He searches every single room. At last, the king finds Sleeping Beauty, who's named Talia in this story, not Aurora. She's lying in a bed deeply asleep. And I then like this, that name. I know. I love that name. And then the story takes like a disturbing turn then. So in this story, she was actually poisoned by something. And that was the reason why she was like asleep. So the king beholds her charm. And it says he felt his blood course hotly through his veins he lifted her in his arms and carried her to a bed where he gathered his first fruits of love, which that is 16, whatever, 1600s talk for he like raped her. He sexually assaulted her. Um, that's so, that's true love like, right there. Oh my, can you imagine, dude? Romantical. I hope Seriously. he lit a candle or two. Oh my God. So he leaves her after the one encounter and... Nine months later, asleep, she gives birth to a set of twins. And this is when two fairies come through the window and help to take care of them. So the babies were trying to find, like, a nipple to breastfeed. And they mistook Sleeping Beauty's finger for her breast. Finger nipples. and (laughs) Unfortunate. (laughs) I know, right? And they were, like, sucking on them instead. And by sucking on her fingers, they sucked whatever poison was out of her body. And she woke up. And instead of, like, freaking the fuck out that there's two babies sucking on her fingers, she just, like, picked them up and immediately started to breastfeed them like nothing ever happened. How did, like, how did the babies not die? Because the, the fairies took care of them. No, but I mean, like, if they sucked the if poison they sucked out the of poison, her phalanges. You know, literally, there is like a story block within there because how did they not like fucking fall asleep too right i don't know ask gm blah blah blah, blah batiste i will i'm gonna facebook message him tomorrow okay cool um so she continues to live on and eventually after a little bit the king remembers her and was like oh yeah that bitch and he <laughs> decides to return for a quote-unquote second date he sees that she's like a uh, like awake and alive and he tells her everything like he admitted like okay i totally like slept with you while you were asleep and we have babies and she's like cool like she's just totally fine with it so she agrees to like become the mistress even though he's already married so in the disney story we have maleficent who is like the mistress of evil but in this version it's actually the woman who is married to the king so it's the queen that is maleficent Mm. So the queen is innocent in most of the story, but eventually finds out that her husband is cheating and she turns vicious. And I can empathize with that, but nothing going forward. So let's continue. <laughs> That's about where it is. <laughs> That's about and where I it is. And I love end. Maleficent. I know. So she threatens a secretary to tell the truth to her, stating, if you hide the truth from me, you will never be found again, dead or alive. 
So this guy shit in his pants, like, I'm not going to mess with this bitch, spills the secrets, and the queen tricks Sleeping Beauty into sending her children to her. The queen orders the cook to slaughter the children and cook them up in, quote, several tasteful dishes for her wretched husband. The gentle-hearted cook, like, literally could not possibly kill the children, so he hides them instead and cooks two lambs in their place. The queen sits with the king and watches him eat his children, saying, eat, eat, you're eating one of your own. And he's just like, what the hell is this bitch talking about? Like, he doesn't even know that he's eating his own kids yet, even though he's not. But, like, he doesn't know why she's sitting there like, eat, eat, nah, like, don't even He's like, what's your fucking problem? What are you talking about down there? Um, (laughs) Long ass table? (laughs) What? (laughs) Repeat, please. Come again? Anyway, after <laughs> after thinking she had cooked the children, the queen isn't satisfied quite yet, so she kidnaps Sleeping Beauty. She calls her out, obviously unaware of the sexual assault, saying, quote, you are a fine piece of goods, you ill weed. You're enjoying my husband. She goes on to call her the lump of filth, you cruel bitch, that has, <laughs> ca- <laughs> that has caused my head to spin. Oh, my God, that is out. <laughs> Can we use that? <laughs> Dude, I know so many lumps of filth, cruel bitches. Yes. Facts. We're, we're going to put that on shirts. I swear to God. I'm I want a sweatshirt that. with that. I will wear that out to the grocery store. I'll wear it to work. <laughs> <clears throat> Anywho. The queen plans to toss Sleeping Beauty in a bonfire, but Sleeping Beauty defends herself by saying it wasn't her fault because, quote, the king, her husband, had taken possession of her territory when she was drowned in sleep. But by this point, the queen's out for blood. Like, she doesn't even care. She just wants to rip somebody's head off. So she ignores her pleas for mercy. Sleeping Beauty saves herself because before she's thrown into the fire, she asks the queen if she can strip naked because she's, like, covered in gold and pearls and, like, wicked expensive stuff. So the queen's like, "Mm, yeah, you can take your stuff off. Like, I totally agree. I could probably sell this shit or wear it myself. Like, Go for it. Girl, we the same size. Go yes. ahead. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so each time Sleeping Beauty takes off a garment, she screams hella loud. Which, if you're the queen, why aren't you stopping it after the first scream? But, like, she's just like, ah, shirt, ah, I'd jewelry. Like, um, get the gorilla <laughs> glue the and up. glue like, this bitch's lips together. Yeah, something. like. But she's like, nah, I'll let her scream out in pain. And she takes her socks off. Like, makes no sense. So the king bursts into the room, like, trying to figure out what's causing all the screaming, and he sees his wife about to throw his side chick into the bonfire. So the queen, like, tells the king that he ate his own children, to which he replies, (laughs) I love the roasts in this story. He says to her, you renegade bitch. What? (laughs) What? What, what evil deed is this? So he orders his men to toss her in the fire instead. And after executing his wife, he learns that his children are actually fine. The king and Sleeping Beauty are reunited with their children where they eventually marry. He forgets his first wife that he threw into a bonfire and they live happily ever after. So in a story of sexual assault, cannibalism, regular assault, the most disturbing line comes at the very end where Basile says... Quote, those whom fortune favors find good look even in their sleep. So the moral of the story claims that good things happen while you're asleep. And mm. you get assaulted sexually. Like, what? That is the... the No. Yeah, hot mess. And in other versions, like the Grim Fairy Tale and Charles Perrault, Sleeping Beauty is actually dead. So the story actually incorporates a lot of necrophilia as well. Hell yeah. So hot mess but that he he was in a dark place wicked dark place but this is like 
I think that is like the Little Mermaid and Sleeping Beauty. That's some dark shit. Like Cinderella's pretty dark, but they deserve to have their eyes plucked out. Like yeah, they're what? bitches. What is happening? Then with... be some renegade bitches. <laughs> renegade ass you fucking lump filth of filth. Bitch. <laughs> you lump of renegade filth bitch. <laughs> anyway, that's that my, is that's the my new story favorite of our friend Talia, the Sleeping Beauty. Oh, poor Tal. Well, she lived, I guess. She didn't get Facts. thrown in the bonfire. You think they made s'mores? Ew. Do you want to know a fun fact? Yes. So bonfire actually originated from the word bonefire because back in the early Halloween days and like oh, yes. in like Ireland and stuff like that, they used to skin a lot of the livestock and wear their heads as like masks and stuff like that. And with the remaining parts of their body, they threw it into a huge fire. So that's why it's called a bonfire because it's really a bonfire. So for the last tale of the evening, I have one that is very fucking old. <laughs> I mean, d- like Disney the end. old. <laughs> it's very old. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the story of Snow White, that renegade bitch. <laughs> so Walt Disney's 1937 animated film Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs closely resembles early versions by... Same guy, GM Batista Basil. No way. <laughs> yes. Our dude's out here just making moves. Just being a renegade bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and the Grimm brothers. But just a few small tweaks turn this tale from charming to gruesome. Love it. So for the most part, it's the same, except for some fucked up parts, which I'm all for. I live right? for it. <laughs> So in some early versions, the evil queen is in fact Snow White's biological mother, which makes her behavior all the more sinister. Like try to fucking poison your own kid, mm-hmm. kill him. I mean, was she a hoe? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Disney didn't censor the evil queen's attempted murders, naturally. How dare they? Um, but this text from the Brothers Grimm story is horrifying. Finally, she summoned a huntsman and said to him, take Snow White out into the woods to a remote spot and stab her to death. As proof that she is dead, bring her lungs and her liver back to me. I shall cook them with salt and eat them. Of all the body parts, that's what she chooses. The nasty ass parts. Right. The giblets. Ew. (laughs) Like, so in the original Disney movie, it's, it's her heart. She mm-hmm. wants proof that her, her heart is in this little treasure chest thing, majiggy, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he cowered out. No, she wants liver and lungs, mm-hmm. which weird. Maybe it's a delicacy over there. Yum. I don't know. I don't know. So now imagine that Snow White is a queen's own flesh and blood. Just then a young boar came running by. He killed it, cut out its own lungs and liver and took them back to the queen as proof of Snow White's death. Mm-hmm. So, little mag- magicians, mm. magicians, tricks. Nice. Um, she cooked them with salt and ate them, like she said, supposing that she had eaten Snow White's lungs and liver. So she's over there like, ha ha, I just <laughs> consumed my own daughter's organs. <laughs> Victory is mine. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Anywho. So in the end, Snow White does get her happily ever after, which is probably the first one of all these tales. Mm -hmm. 
And when the evil queen attends her wedding, like, Fuck. like, when she's supposed to be dead, right? And she gets a fucking invitation in the mail, and like, <laughs> oh, RSVP one. What are you talking about? Chicken or fish? Nah, lungs and liver, bitch. <laughs> So she attends her wedding, even though she thought that she fucking killed and ate her. <laughs> I don't get it. So when she attends her wedding, Snow White actually tortures her to death. Mm-hmm. Which, yes, bitch. They put a pair of iron shoes into the fire until they glowed. And then she put them on. Oh, she had to put them on the queen and dance in them. She made her dance in these fucking scalding ass shoes yes. that are literally just burning her feet mm-hmm. to nothing. Her feet were terribly, terribly burned, and she could not stop dancing until she died. Damn. So she literally danced herself to death in these shoes made of iron that were so hot that they were glowing. Wow. Imagine dancing yourself no. to death. That's like Hocus Pocus. Ooh. Dance, dance until they you die. die. But they don't die. But they don't die. This bitch dies. <laughs> and I don't know how do you. Die? I mean, for me, from shock. I mean, like probably. yeah, that's fucked up. But it's only your feet. Yeah, but like you're gonna get to flesh eventually, and like you think it just like shit. probably gets infected and shit. We need a doctor on this show to explain to us. I'll, how I'll shit have works. someone from work oh, thank chime you. in. Thank how, you. How would this kill her? So how is that for sweet, sweet revenge? It's marvelous. You try to cut out my lungs and liver, ho. Mm-hmm. You're going to dance yourself to death in these fucking burning ass lava <laughs> shoes. She deserved it. Say bye to your metatarsals. Damn. So that's basically it. So short and sweet. Sim- Were there any dwarfs? No. No? What no the fuck dwarfs. is the point then? No dwarfs. Where the hell did they come in? I did read another one where like she was like, sleeping with some of them she killed some of them nice. like it was weird so basically these are all like the brothers Grimm's tales more or less like they all kind of did a collection of dark tales and you know hansel and gretel shit like that yeah so do yourself a favor read the books buy the books they are absolutely amazing and dark mm. and spooky and gruesome which is what we live for here on the yeah. more the merrier and these fairy tales are all like word of mouth too because back then they didn't have tv they didn't have cell phones they made stories up or just passed stories down from word yeah. of mouth so even before brothers Grimm, like these oh, yeah. stories originated but they are really good and they have like all of the disney tales essentially they but do they have a version for almost every disney almost tale. everything yeah at least the original ones like beating the beast and, and all yes. that stuff Rapunzel. We'll have to do like that. Yes, yes, yes. So that is it for our episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and also follow us on Instagram for all the updates and pre and post episode, I guess, teasers. Synopsis. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Take care. Have a good night. And don't forget to stay spooky. Bye. Bye.